0: You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek on sqpn.com
1: Computer, status report
2: Program complete Enter when ready
1: Captain, uh, check the engines The warp drive, is a hopeless pile of junk Fascinating Leave me aboard Energize Energizing.
0: This episode is brought to you by the SQPN Store at store.sqpn.com Go to Amazon via the link on our website and your purchase will help support our network. This show is also made possible by donations from listeners like you. Help us to continue producing quality programs and giving them away for free by supporting us with a monthly donation or a one-time gift. Go to sqpn.com donate to read how you can help. Thank you for your support. We couldn't do this show without you.
3: Captain... Incoming message.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Secrets of Star Trek. This is our third episode already. And with me on the bridge are three crew members. Maria Johnson from Conyers, Georgia. Hi, Maria.
2: Hey, how are you guys doing today?
0: Very good. Also with us, Steve Nelson, the director of SQPN.com. The executive director, I should say. Steve. Steve. Uh, hello. I like the way you
3: changed my title.
0: <laughs> well, that's how you call yourself, isn't it? <laughs> what good is a director if he cannot execute anything? <laughs> sure. And we hire him for all our uh, our executions as well, because he's an executive. Oh, sweet, director. I didn't know I had that power. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, joining us from uh, the northern area of the United States, Michael Kuypers. Mike, how how is life?
4: Oh, life is pretty good. Uh, thank you, Father.
0: Excellent. Um, unfortunately, uh, Mark is on an away mission. He will be joining us undoubtedly for uh, for the next episode, but today he couldn't make it to the bridge. And so uh, the three of us are going to talk Star Trek, and we've got an interesting discussion lined up for later. But first of all, let me uh, do the rounds and ask you guys, did you see any Star Trek lately? Steve?
3: I only had a chance to watch one episode uh in the last week or so and I'm trying to find the name of it <laughs> Was it
0: uh, DS9 Voyager next It was generation? in season
3: one of the original series and I oh, It was season the one, one. Mm-hmm. Oh I'm scrolling Oh it's called City on the Edge of Forever I think we talked oh, about it That one's awesome one the, Yeah Oh awesome. it's
4: a remarkable discovery by Enterprise A time portal, Captain. Strangely compelling, isn't it? Has serious consequences oh, 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 oh. McCoy has somehow changed history Germany? One, Second World War Now the crew must travel to
3: the past We seem to be a lot of step with the time To save Earth's future I'm in love with Edith Keeler Joan Collins, Star Save her, millions will die who did not die before Star Trek it's, pretty, it's the it's the first one I remember where they actually have you know the where they go back in time and they have to worry about the whole uh, time issue. So.
0: Yeah, it's one of the most beloved episodes I think in the the original series, and it's always in the top ten of you know Star Trek fans or Trekkies' favorite uh, episodes. And it's been yeah. it's been a storyline and an, a story idea that has been. Um, repeated and kind of rehashed time and time again. Yeah, and well, yeah. even, even the, la- the the latest movie kind of harks back to the time travel stuff that we see already in uh, City on the yeah. Edge of Forever.
3: Well, the whole Terminator series kind of has that same theme, you know, that go back in time and change things.
0: Yes, absolutely. Wow, what would Star Trek have been if Arnold Schwarzenegger played Spock? <laughs> <laughs> That oh. is illogical, Captain. It's illogical. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Maria, did you see any Star Trek? Yeah, you just
2: made my brain melt. Thanks.
0: <laughs> it's a chip inside your head that has melted. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, so, did you see any Star Trek,
4: Maria?
2: I- I watched I watched Caretaker, which was the uh, first episode of Voyager, and uh, parts one and two, so I, I saw the whole thing.
4: It began as a routine mission. There appears to be a massive displacement wave moving toward us. And it would change their destiny. Captain, it's something out there?
2: Brace for impact.
4: One crew and one ship's epic journey 70,000 light years away. We're on the other side of the galaxy. Now, oh, yeah. it's a quest to get back home. Why are you holding us here? See it from the beginning.
0: We have no way back unless you
4: send us on the premiere of Star Trek Voyager
2: I was always drawn to, to Voyager I was so looking forward to it um, you know when we share our anecdotes about being little geeky Star Trek people um, I always like to tell my story about when I was a little kid I, I wanted to be a Hura she was she was so cool I didn't want to be the waitress I didn't want to be Yeoman Rand but I wanted to be Uhura <clears throat> so I snuck into my little brother's bedroom and popped off one of the springs in his crib uh, and uh, would walk around with this spring in my ear <laughs>
0: <pretending>, causing irreparable <laughs> <laughs> damage to your to, to your eardrums
2: and,
3: <laughs> is that and why you're deaf in I, that ear now
2: Let me tell you, let me tell you that I have scars inside my ear. And when I go to a, you know, when I go to a new doctor and they check me, they go, you know that you have some scars in your ear canal. Wow. Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to put springs in my ear. And
0: uh, And then he's like, well, you should perhaps see another uh, type of doctor now. (laughs) Let me refer you to someone who's very good at accompanying people with post Star Trek syndrome.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Doctor, would it be all right if I called you Neelix while I'm here?
4: <laughs> that's just sad.
2: What is the nature but of the emergency? So I was very much very much looking forward to Voyager. So I thought I'd I'd kind of recover that and start watching that again.
0: How much time was there between The Next Generation and Voyager? Uh, Cuz I watched all that stuff way later than it was originally aired because I live in the Netherlands and these episodes are beamed down to our planet uh, much later. So I have no idea if there was a, a long break between The Next Generation or not. Um, there was a sizable break, of course, between the original series and The Next Generation. And I, I remember uh, listening to the audiobook version of um, the, the memoirs of, uh, of, of Captain Kirk. Uh, and uh, what's his name? Um, and he, uh, he, re- he kind of recalls that when The Next Generation started, all the original actors were like, Ah oh, this is terrible and it's never going to fly <laughs> and it's you know they should because I think that some of them actually uh, maintained uh, entertained the hope that the 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 Star Trek original series would be rebooted and that after the success of the of the of the theatrical release of the first and the second movie uh there was actually enough money and interest to uh, revive uh the original Star Trek series and instead um the next generation was uh uh, was launched and how how on earth could a French bald captain with a British Shakespeare accent ever be popular <laughs> as a captain <laughs> of the Enterprise? <laughs> so was it that same type of reaction with Voyager? Or uh, I I just don't recall anymore how that came about.
2: I, I was excited the, for it to come on. I think there was a little bit of overlap with uh, with the three uh, newer series um well, they ended in, in the run of others and yeah, there was I just a lot I just of overlap. looked it up.
3: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, there was about 6 months between the end of Next Generation and the beginning of Voyager.
0: Really? Wow, but that's Deep short. Space
3: 9 sort of overlapped both of them.
0: Yeah. Deep Space 9 started I think while the Next Generation was already uh running its last season or perhaps even more, I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm I'm still in the process of watching the first season of uh, Deep Space 9, but there are some characters from the Next Generation that appear on, you know, in this Deep Space Nine environment, like Worf, uh, and I think some others as well, right. some uh, guest appearances. And so Voyager, but Voyager must have been already in preparation uh, during the the wrap up of uh, of the Next Generation. But it was a very different approach. It was this this uh, spaceship that got lost and and had to kind of find it's way back home uh, a premise by the way that is stolen right now by another very popular science fiction franchise uh, which is uh, Stargate and uh, the the new Stargate series Stargate what is it universe or yeah I think it's universe yeah kind of takes exactly that same approach I mean they're you know they step through a Stargate and all of a sudden they find themselves in a spaceship on the other side of the galaxy and they have to get home and uh, they have no idea how to get home I,
3: um, I never saw that. I never put that together until now. That's that's a you know I did.
4: That's pretty neat. <laughs> well, that, that's been a, re- a recurring theme too. I think uh, in science fiction TV shows. Well,
0: they are they lost, both I think lost in space. Yeah, they stole this from in Lost in Space. Lost and they just got rid oh. of the the annoying little robot, and then boom, you've got Voyager. Mm.
2: Mike mentioned it. Space nineteen ninety
4: nine. Ah, my favorite science fiction <laughs> series. Yeah, and there was there was Star Lost, and there was Star. <laughs> there was uh, Lost in Space.
0: But I think it's it's because it's a very uh, ancient, uh, almost archetypical story uh, that you find in in like in the the Old Testament. What is the most the foundational story in the history of Israel? It's this. This long, long journey from Egypt back home, as it were, to the Promised Land. It's this this long s- uh, journey through the desert with all sorts of dangers and infidelities and et cetera, et cetera, and failures, and then ultimately, you know, this this homecoming <laughs> event. And I think it's uh, you see that in many legends and and mythological stories. It's exactly the same thing of the journey of of sometimes it's the journey of the hero, sometimes it's the journey of a, an entire People and, and it's yeah. that journey to back home that actually kind of lays the foundation. What? what are you guys laughing just like
2: Odyssey.
3: You just described Battlestar Galactica to a T. Right?
0: What? Battlestar? You're right. Yeah, searching for Earth.
3: No.
0: Battlestar Galactica also has it. I didn't well, well, yeah. Battlestar Galactica definitely, especially the newer series, uh, has takes a lot of cues from biblical stories, much more than the original one that was kind of uh, modeled on the uh, the the Mormon uh, uh, background stuff. And
2: uh, well, and Voyager is certainly like very much like the Odyssey, where where the crew encounters, you know, every week they encounter some new race of gods, small G. Uh, or or things that get in their way of of being able to make it home. So there's that whole that
0: yes, and, and Odyssey and thing. And they they meet like uh, enemies, but also unexpected allies. They even have. Mm-hmm kind of enemies in their midst uh, weren't the uh what was the name of that rebellion anymo- i i can only think of star wars terms sometimes but that was <laughs> wasn't this uh what's his name oh gosh the 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 half klingon the maqui wasn't that kind Chakotay. of a re- rebellion Chicote was part of the rebellion uh, or of the um the Marquis and uh the the half klingon uh what's her name again oh man torres torres, torres.
2: Yeah. Well, and because that part of it was actually um, the overlap with what was happening in DS9, with with the oh, Cardassians. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah. okay. So the, Ma- ah. so the Maquis went under, under. Actually, Chakotay was a was a Starfleet officer, who who became a, a turncoat, and so it was interesting that, that part of the healing process of combining the two uh, mm-hmm. the two uh, crews was to. Recommission him.
0: Wow. I didn't know So that. there
2: were a lot of field commissions in Voyager. Interesting. But if you look at all of those series, it's interesting because, all right, so the whole purpose of the original series was exploration and that continued in the next generation. But then instead of going out on adventures in Deep, deep Space Nine, you have the adventures kind of come to them. I think that what I like most about Deep Space Nine is that it was more character-driven and less action-driven. Um, not that there wasn't any action in it, but that it was, I think, a little bit more compelling from the human perspective um, because the stuff came to them.
0: I heard people describe it as it's actually the soap opera of uh-huh. of the Star Trek series. <laughs> it's because it's all about relationships and uh, and 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 the, it's actually. It might have even been a cheaper series to produce than, let's say, the Next Generation, which had a lot of special effects in every episode, especially towards the end. Whereas Deep Space Nine, well, it's all kind of, you know, you can just use practical sets, and you don't have to do much, you know. There, there were episodes that were very spectacular, but most of the episodes just have regular. I mean, almost hardly any special effects.
4: But uh, could have
3: done without the Ferengi, though.
0: Never
2: yeah, they were a
0: failed building. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. People told me that I have to just sit. I I really don't like the Ferengi, <laughs> and, but uh, apparently it's not going to be so bad later on. Uh, at least that's what people tell me. But again, I just disclaimer. I'm I'm. You know I'm a Star Trek fan I'm not a trekkie I'm not even a trekker I' just I just love science fiction I love Star Trek but uh and and so I'm still behind on on I think ninety nine percent of our listeners so please forgive me <laughs> if I make stupid remarks and if I slip in the occasional Star Wars instead of Star Trek you know I, I know that cursing is a bad thing but uh, hey <laughs> <laughs> have mercy on me I'm, I''m I'm learning I'm learning I'm exploring <laughs> So um, that I, w- I was listening uh, the other day to uh, the audiobook actually of the first episode of, of Voyager and uh, and it's pretty good. I I recall that when I first saw this uh, this first episode of, of uh, Voyager, I was very disappointed because I I expected something like that would top the next generation. I was a huge fan of Picard of all you know. I'd been watching the Next Generation religiously, no pun intended, for for what is it, seven years, and so I totally hoped for something that would wow me even more. And instead, I didn't. I didn't know any of the characters. I thought that Chakotay looked goofy with his tattoo. I just didn't really connect with the Captain Janeway style of leadership and the Vulcan was kind of a real Vulcan it was not even a half Vulcan but you know just a real Vulcan and that's when I realized that Wait a minute, like 100% Vulcans are so boring. It's just uh, horribly boring. This guy was so boring. At least you know Spock had the eyebrow you know and the the, the funny too like uh, <laughs> But Tuvok was just the epitome of like incarnated boredom. And it never um, got uh, never got better. Uh, I just uh painful. I
2: think I think that uh, it took them I think it took them a couple of seasons to to get their bearing on voyager. And I think that if you go back and you're really honest about watching the next generation, the beginning of it also.
0: Yes, um, I know, you
4: know. I know. That next, needed, it, needed yeah, next some, generation some was really boring the
0: first However, there is so uh, Oh, yeah. The first the first season of the next generation was so cheesy and so campy that <laughs> that in itself is entertainment. I just love watching those first episodes cuz you're like, "Wow, I, that is campy." <laughs> I, and I think they.
4: I think they kept remaking Star Trek episodes with the Next Generation, which was not a good idea.
0: That's true. They they also didn't really. It, it, it took a while for that crew and the storylines to to start evolving on their own and to to develop its own identity. And I think the same problem uh, happened with the Voyager. Uh, that yeah. the Voyager crew wasn't really a crew it wasn't an ensemble it wasn't a, a team at first and it, it took a while for the whole story to find its own rhythm and 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 even some of the characters and this happened too in The Next Generation where after a while you notice that wait a second this team is not really working what is the problem are there any characters that are currently part of the team that don't really complement the rest of the crew and we, who are the, the main favorites you know and then um, Tasha, for instance, what was her name? Tasha, the the security Tasha Yar. Yar. She was yeah. kind of ditched after what is it, a season and a half, I think, and yeah. and and it was really an improvement to get Worf on the bridge. And that <laughs> I was going to
3: say, yeah, <laughs> but she wasn't they, ki- they killed her off really ingloriously, you know, just like bam, she's gone. You know,
0: <laughs> didn't she return some in in another series oh. or? I think she had a like. Didn't she turn into this luminous being? Oh yeah, no, no. Wait a second. Yeah,
2: she w- came yeah. back in 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 a like the fourth season or a little later.
0: Yeah, yeah. But she was kind of a glorified version of herself. Or I don't ah, I don't recall anymore. But the same thing happened to the assistant of Neelix. What's what was her name again? This this uh, gosh, Neelix oh, uh, aide um.
3: The, the oh. Uh, the character yeah, that the only little, lives like four years, you know. Yeah,
0: where where is Mark when you need him? The, <laughs> the little can't pixie. Her name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. It was like a little pixie, right? <laughs>
0: Definitely, and she too didn't really work.
2: Kes. it was Kess. Kess,
0: yes, Kess, exactly, and Kess was a sympathetic character, but not a very strong personality and whereas you had these outrageous people like, like um, uh, Neelix and the doctor and and st- and somehow she just didn't survive in that in that uh, uh, crew and so she was also removed um, and she turned well. into this kind of luminous being or whatever she got to a higher plane of existence and also made a comeback I think
2: if my mate were Neelix, I think that I would choose to want to be a luminous being
0: too. Oh, me I'm too. <laughs> Neelix to me, in, in, Neelix in Voyager to me was like the Ferengi in Deep Space Nine—just too much makeup and too annoying.
3: <laughs> <I>
0: didn't really. <laughs> I, I like
3: the Doctor though.
0: Oh, the Doctor—he doctor. is amazing. The f- uh, w- he the funniest has the character. Most fun character because oh, yeah. it
3: changed all the time. You know. <laughs>
0: No, I totally really love the the doctor and his kind of dry wit and you know please state the nature of the emergency and then his kind of <laughs> irritation when nothing was you know why did you wake me up? It wasn't didn't he have this conversation with? I think at one point the, uh, the the ship gets boarded by Klingons or was it? And then you know he's he's got to distract them. <laughs> He yeah. does the doctor thing with these <laughs> brutes, you know. Please state the nature of the emergency.
1: I, it's so well, I look funny. how
3: it, you know, he took about four years to try to decide what his name was going to be. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that,
2: Dr. Zimmerman. What did, Didn't he go with Joe? What did he finally go with? He, he fixed, you know, I,
3: I don't even remember.
0: <laughs> and at one point they give him this uh, device so that he can walk around. He gets kind of his independence, isn't it? And, and this mm-hmm. uh, so he, he can he can even go isn't there an episode where they go to earth and he walks around there I don't know
3: <laughs> I like so. but it, it was so much like data though you know he wanted to be more and more human
0: Yes but he know? was funnier than data uh, Data was funny because of his kind of uh naivete but uh, the doctor was kind of witty and and sharp-witted I really really liked his character I liked it more than data Yeah that was a memorable uh uh, part of the crew there were actually yeah there's perhaps i should re-watch voyager i'm still in the middle of watching ds9 and the next generation so i won't have time but i i and would you believe me i've never seen the end of voyager so i don't know what happens in the final episode i never watched the, never saw the final episode i was i think i was studying in rome at the time so i missed that and i never got spoiled So please, please don't send me emails. (laughs) Uh,
3: They were all absorbed by the Borg. No.
0: (laughs) That would be a good ending. Just kidding. I would would love (laughs) to see a series where the Borg win. (laughs) So, Mike, did you see any Star Trek this week?
4: Well, I've been... (laughs) I'm still watching the third season Star Trek stuff, which is some of its... uh, better than others you know <laughs> um uh, but see, I went for instance I saw Day of the Dove you are now
1: prisoners of the Klingon Empire against which you have committed a wanton act of war
3: take off Sam maintain your post don't try to stop me Captain The alien is creating these events, Captain.
4: It is apparently capable of manipulating matter and mind. This one appears to be strengthened by violent intentions. It exists on the hate of others. You don't die yet.
1: I will control this ship's power and life support systems. You will die suffocation in the icy cold
4: of space. It's uh, It was a uh, Star Trek episode that involved clean arms. And there was this uh, entity that was just basically a, a blob of light sort of. And it, it thrived on hostile emotions. Oh. Uh, that's what, what kind of made it go. And it arranged to uh, have the Klingons uh, and the uh, Star Trek crew sort of uh, fight each other eternally aboard the Starship uh, Enterprise. Uh, no one could actually die because they'd be they would be resurrected, or they'd or their wounds. If they had uh, serious wounds, they would the, the wounds would heal very quickly, and and then they'd have to go back to fighting again. And, and the only way they could break this uh, cycle would be to get past their hatred of each other and their hostile emotions toward each other.
0: Wow! Just, Sounds yeah. like a good plot, and totally jives with this ideal better. idealized yeah. future, you know, where you know you yes. have to overcome your uh, your fear and your anger.
4: Yes, it, it was one of the better episodes, I thought.
0: Cool.
2: How did you feel about the Klingons and and their and their makeup?
4: Yeah, well, those early episodes, I don't... Uh, well, you could tell it was early on, and they, they weren't... Uh, the, the makeup and, uh, they, you know, They, you they could looked, tell where they were cutting corners on certain things.
0: Yeah, they do, they look nothing like the the Klingons later on, right?
4: No, they... They <laughs> don't have
0: the foreheads and the...
4: the yeah, the, the ridges <laughs> and the foreheads, yeah. No, they didn't. There, there's a great episode in uh,
3: Next Generation where they... they <laughs> They bring that up, you know. It's, you oh, know yeah. it's, like,
4: it's great. They, they do a ta- we don't do talk time about that. Yeah. yeah, they do a time travel back to the original Star Trek, and <laughs> uh, and observe the original Klingons, and they say, "Who was you know what the heck is that?"
0: <laughs> and I think they they even explain it how how the, they explain the difference. I think in uh, in in right. makeup. Um, yeah, that's that's the wonderful thing about Star Trek. You can always figure out a way to kind of <laughs> correct your previous mistakes. <laughs> oh,
2: well, and that it was and it was kind of done tongue, tongue in cheek. In other words, it's it's like let's not talk about it cuz we nobody can acknowledge it even though, you know, for years the fans have talked about it. Yeah. But that I've I've appreciated the fact that, that Star Trek really doesn't take itself too seriously or when it does take itself very seriously in some episodes that they usually come back a little bit later and, yeah. you know, have some yeah. fun again.
0: I, I really like the way that they, just, you know, go back in time and observe and try to explain and, and give you a different perception of what you thought you knew. That That's kind of some, a device that is also used to great extent in a series like Back to the Future, where you go back to the events in the first movie and it, it just adds a layer to it. I love that. And I think they even did it with... Um, Oh, the Vulcan of Voyager I again forgot about his name Um, Tuvok. Tuvok I think the actor who plays Tuvok Also starred in one of the movies Wasn't it? And then th- yes. there's this one episode where they go, they, they have this whole, with, which I thought was genius, where they kind of, because he has he doesn't have the Spock ears, he doesn't have the Vulcan ears in, in the movie, because, you know, he wasn't, he didn't know that he was going to be a Vulcan later on, and, and, was, and that he would be hired for a Voyager, and so they went back, and they did this whole story that he was a spy, and they genetically altered his ears, and so, <laughs> fantastic. And it's similar to what they did in the original series, with the the pilot episode that they later on rehashed and and kind of reworked and and added a plot line to to kind of integrate that that first pilot episode to explain why all of a sudden you know the captain was called pike and uh and 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 and, and I think there were even some explanations why spock looks different in the pilot compared to later on and um I don't know if there were any explanations I've been watching a lot of uh, star trek next generation lately and uh, Worf changes. Worf, Worf's forehead—it it, it, just—it grows and, it, and it's humongous, and then it shrinks again. And, and his hair changes. <laughs> What's going on there? It's, you know, he must be on medication or something, or
3: <laughs> steroid abuse. Yeah, I guess.
2: I guess so. Uh, oh boy, I, boy! I'm always curious about how they make like uniform changes.
0: Oh yeah, and, yeah. And
2: I think that there was a uniform change. There was there's some shifts, you know, and things change, and in, in mm-hmm. military uniforms change, and they get transitioned in and out. I just wondered how it's possible that the uniforms ha- changed on Voyager when they were disconnected from the Federation and any kind of.
0: Well, know. it's a, hey, it's a big spaceship. They have some fashion experts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess they must have their like seasonal fashion things. I mean, it's 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 an economy as well, so <laughs> they need <to laughs> new. You the ca- know, the new the, the the red is the new yellow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I
3: remember the cast, the cast of Next Generation talking about their costumes. You know, and how every time they stood up, they had to tug them down to get them back into place. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, they <laughs> they never actually fixed that. They always That became like a standard thing they always had to do always had to readjust their oh their, yeah and their it's, tunics when they stood up.
0: <laughs> it became uh, a little bit of a mannerism of uh, of Picard, and every time yeah. he stands and he wants to make a statement or he has to, you know, step into the role of executive uh, director, uh, as it were. <laughs> he yeah. uh, he straightens his, he straightens his pajamas, and it's like so typical. <laughs> it's what? What it's
2: the fans call that the Picard maneuver. Oh, the Picard <laughs> the
4: Picard maneuver.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and once you start noticing so. it, it's, it's this recurring theme. Yeah, yeah, he just did it again. <laughs> it's so funny, but it I'm works because sure it—it's it. kind of—it ex- shows you know. Okay, I'm going to say something <laughs> special now. I'm going to issue a command, and then you know t- he tucks in his pajamas, uh, his mm. uniform. And yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that they didn't go back to the the, the goofy uniforms in. Um, in the first six uh, uh, theatrical movies, you know, with the white kind of woolen color that they had and, the, the, you know, the combination of white and red and ugh. Didn't like those. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and, and these actors got bigger and bigger and bigger and, you know, their uniforms as well. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
0: just embarrassing. I mean, now that I'm watching the, the original series, I was like, I cannot believe that Scotty is played by the same actor. It's just—it it looks so different. I know. Oh my. Well,
2: watch out, Father. It happens to all of
0: us. Mm, I'll just keep running my marathons. <laughs> Anyway, uh, talking about uniforms, it's time to um, to beam down one last time to uh, the planet of Amsterdam for the final third part of our interview with our red shirt host, Alan Shapiro, and uh, it's the wrap up of our uh, very interesting discussion that I had with him. Again, uh, Mister Shapiro is the author of a book, a very philosophical postmodern book about Star Trek. It's kind of a postmodern analysis of many of the themes um, that we kind of take for granted. And we think, you know, that's an interesting science fiction story. And he just went uh, way beyond that and kind of tries to, to think of Star Trek in a <clears throat> almost like a mirror of, of what's going on in our societies and like a philosophical mirror almost. And so um, to wrap up this interview that I had with, uh, with Mr. Shapiro, let's beam down and uh, let's listen to what he's got to say. You chose your 24 favorite episodes from all the series except for Enterprise. Is that because you thought that Enterprise wasn't really, you know, was like a mistake
1: or am I just reaching too far here? Uh, No, that's just a coincidence because I finished writing the book in two thousand three, an enterprise started in two thousand three or four. Okay. So that Although it,
0: with with well, enterprise, I, it, yeah. it did it, it was the end of of the Star Trek franchise, or so at least we thought un, until it was. Kind of resurrected by JJ by J. Abrams,
1: but yeah. um, i also lo- I love the TV show lost which i 've also written about TV show Lost, which jJ Abrams uh, is one of the two two uh, producers or directors yeah. of and uh, I think the new Star Trek film is brilliant uh, i 'm very excited about it and it 's kind of a, a rejuvenation of the series i mean you know there are s- some mediocre episodes of Star Trek even among the 79 original series episodes they're not all great but that's okay no yeah and
0: one final question you've studied Star Trek and, and reflected upon Star Trek very extensively um if you if you observe the total history of Star Trek from the very beginning until right now, JJ Abrams' movie, do you do you see a certain evolution of the of the underlying philosophy? Do you, is there are there changes in in the in let's say the foundations of what the what the series is about or what the franchise is about, or is it is it in consistent line? Is there an evolution in in the way that this is kind of alternate reality because that's that's what it is almost for a lot of fans that has developed or
1: do you see trends in there or well I think we come more and more to the question of how do we get from here to the future in other words first original series Star Trek well it took place in the 20 takes place the 23rd century and then the Captain Picard Takes place in the 24th century. And then eventually we had the publication of Star Trek encyclopedias to tie that in with Wikipedia a bit. Star Trek encyclopedias, Star Trek chronologies, mm-hmm. uh, going from the 1960s to the mid tw- 21st century. Uh, and Enterprise was a prequel. Mm-hmm. to the Captain Kirk universe, Star Trek universe. So how did it begin? And the J.J. J. Abrams movie, how did it begin? So I am very focused now on the question of, which is both a political and a technological question, how do we get ourselves in position to... Build the Star Trek technologies like a more advanced computer science to have artificial intelligence and artificial life, like the Holodeck virtual reality? How are we going to have a virtual reality entertainment system that is at the same time? Educational and and literary and intelligent. Uh, how are we gonna How are we gonna have uh, teleportation? What are we gonna do with which we will have teleportation? There's uh, no doubt about it. And what? How is that gonna change? What a city is and urban environments. And how are we gonna get politically to from war? To peace, because we've got terrible American presidential and congressional politics endlessly, and a, a war industry, a military industrial complex, like Eisenhower said. How do we get from that to a culture of peace? Uh, so I think there, what, you know, we have an evolution of Star Trek, and we even more than that, I would like to influence the evolution of Star Trek. So I would like to focus on the question of, it's very real to me. Mm -hmm. It's not a far out fantasy. It's very real in the year 2010. I want us to get towards Star Trek, both politically and technologically. Now, to say something about technology, Uh, because I'm also a computer scientist and I think we're stuck in a computer science is not yet really a science it's just computer engineering and it's based on scientific methodology of the 17th century it's reductionist and, and mechanistic and I think we need a paradigm shift in in computer science, and it it basically has to do with no longer excluding art and sociology from the foundations of computer science. Mm. We need to consider the aesthetic and sociological dimensions of software and integrate that into the foundational basis of, of computer science. So we need a paradigm shift. Uh, c- computer scientists are terribly ignorant of the philosophy of science, and the great greatest book in philosophy of science is The Structure of Scientific Revolutions by Thomas S. Kuhn, Kuhn 1962. Science proceeds not only in an evolutionary slow way Mm -hmm. but also by comes at a certain point a very radical paradigm shift and that's what is in my opinion is going to happen in computer science and I'm working on it myself and we need this paradigm shift because you see uh, you know the android data the idea of a software that is self-aware, has autonomous consciousness and learning capabilities and evolutionary capabilities, that's what we want. We want to be able to have self-aware software. But the artificial intelligence project, HAL in 2001, mm-hmm. is another... Uh, archetype of our science fictional imagination yeah. and collective consciousness we have failed to create how. we have failed to create data We're, why has there been no breakthrough in artificial intelligence it's because the people working on that in universities and in the computer industry they're all just nerds geeks techies, engineers, they're computer scientists. They're not interdisciplinary. They don't know anything about art, philosophy, linguistics, Sociology, theology, spirituality, poetry, languages, all of those fields which have been excluded from computer science need to be reintegrated. It sounds like they could learn a lot from data,
0: who as a droid still as an android still
1: has this wide
0: variety of interests in, in especially the you know the, the arts culture and, and, and
1: psychology and even religion. Yes, and Shakespeare. And even Shakespeare, Shakespeare. Uh, and I am, cats. I am <laughs> functioning within normal parameters. Mr. Shapiro, it's been, uh, it's been a pleasure
0: talking to you. A really a fascinating discussion. I could sit here for forever uh, talking a bit more uh, on and on about uh, the philosophy of Star Trek. But Thank you so much for your insights. Again, the title of your book was... Star Trek Technologies
1: of Disappearance.
0: Technologies of Disappearance. You can find links to more information about uh, Mr. Shapiro on our website, on sqpn.com. Thanks again, and we're beaming back to, uh, to the bridge. And we're back on the bridge of our um, USS uh, StarQuest Enterprise. <laughs> and uh, uh, still on the bridge, Mike and Maria and Steve it's uh it's going to be a challenge to find another red shirt guest uh that is uh just as interesting as Mr. Shapiro. I had no idea that there were actually Star Trek philosophers, but uh you know, there—that's—that's a—that's a good career uh, opportunity for perhaps for, for people among us, <laughs> among our listeners. You can always, you know, be, turn yourself into a Star Trek philosopher. But I, I really enjoyed the interview, and uh, I will include a link to uh, um, uh, some of the information, the Wikipedia page of uh, Shapiro, and also a link to. Uh, um, well, I'm not, actually I'm not sure if you can order his book on Amazon or something like that but I'm pretty sure that if you email uh, email him that you can order it from him but we'll have to be on the lookout for new redshirt uh, guests and uh, this is where I want to launch a uh, a request to our audience if if any of you know interesting guests uh, people that you know authors that have written about Star trek or perhaps even people that were involved in the world of Star Trek we would love to get in touch with them uh, of course we are just beginning this this show so we have no <laughs> no delusions of grandeur yet um, but uh you know we still we already have a couple of thousand people listening to this show so you never know i'm just i'm just Putting out a call. If you know someone who used to walk around in Ferengi makeup, um, just uh, let us know. (laughs) We would be happy to have them on the show. Um, Steve, Maria, Mike, next time we have a, a very serious topic. Um, And that we're going to be talking about social justice and the Prime Directive. Uh, I think very fundamental themes in the history of Star Trek, especially social justice. Of course, the original idea with Star Trek was to present the future as this ideal future where there's no more fighting about money. Actually, the money itself has been abolished. And and yet, uh, the crew of the Enterprise keeps... Encountering um, other people and planets that are not as advanced and then, you know, and sometimes planets and people that are more advanced than the Star Trek crew. And so we're going to talk about social justice and uh, whether, whether or not the Star Trek crews always make the right decision. And, and, you know, this prime directive, it sounds cool and it is a very important um, recurring theme, but, you know, sometimes... Certain captains choose to not follow the Prime Directive. And, you know, what, what would we do? Or what should we do? Is the, is the Prime Directive actually a good moral principle or not? Anyway, that's all for next week. Right now I want to wrap it up because otherwise we're, uh, we're asking too much of our listeners. But I want to thank you all uh, for, um, for being on the bridge today next time uh, we'll have Mark back you can find us in iTunes just uh, look for uh, Secrets of Star Trek, if you do so uh, we would like to invite you to leave a review or to rate the show, that's I think the most effective way to uh, to to Bring people, bring new audiences to our show. Of course, you're also invited to check check out sqpn.com. It's the website of the StarQuest Production Network, and uh, you will find many other shows that we produce. Among other things, um, we do we have a show about Star Wars, Star um, well Star Trek, obviously, um, Harry Potter, and we're working on many other shows. We've got a show about Farmville, in case you're interested in that. <laughs> And our um, uh, panel members all have their own presence on the web. Maria, where can can people find you or follow you?
2: (laughs) I'm currently working with you on uh, The Secrets of Farmville and The Secrets of Harry Potter. And I blog at uh, another cup of coffee, which is
0: at com. Now, Mike, you are mostly on Facebook, isn't it?
4: Yes, although thanks to you... uh, the things that I write for Highlight on my day also appear on sqpn.ning.com on the main page. Uh, I write it every day.
0: Yeah, you kind of have yeah. a, like a daily blog. And, um, yeah. uh, and lately, you've been posting a lot of Star Trek reviews in your daily, yes, you know, highlights I, uh, well, of your day. I make
4: a, a few comments on the on the episode, whatever episode I've seen that day. I uh, will offer some comments about it. Yeah.
0: I really I like go, that.
4: I don't go into a lot of analysis and everything. I just I like sure. to point out interesting things. Oh, no, but
0: it's sometimes it's cool to read because you're like, oh, wow, yeah, I should watch that episode or I should rewatch it. So I really enjoy that. So um, check that out at sqpnconnect.ning.com. And finally, Steve Nelson, where can people find you on the web?
3: Oh, well, uh, you can find me occasionally on Catholic Weekend. Uh, and here at the secrets of Star Trek, and um, at the secrets of Flash Forward, which we're hoping to uh, jumpstart here pretty Ooh. soon.
0: D- is, has that already started again? The Flash Forward to series. Yeah, it started
3: uh, about a week ago, I think, and we're we're already a couple of episodes behind, but we're we're going to try to catch up here.
0: Fantastic! All right, can't can't wait to listen to that one, and to and to start watching that series again. Anyway, these are good times for star for science fiction fans. I mean, they're. they're quality of tv series nowadays is so unbelievably good and uh i'm still hoping for the return of star trek to television i haven't heard anything i you would you'd think that after this very successful final movie there would be you know rumors or anything about about re- rebooting star trek but so far nothing i guess they're working on the second movie but uh, i'm i'm i on television anyway gives me some time to to watch uh, the remainder of uh, DS9 thank you all for being on the bridge and I will say to all our listeners as always see you later and live long and prosper